and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I have another bite-sized episode and it's a question from one of you lovely listeners. So my listener talks about having a huge block around eating a proper meal and she wants to know how to improve her relationship with eating meals and also eating around other people. Now this is a great question and I think it's something that many people can struggle with but also find it really really hard often to talk about and I think underneath the eating a proper meal, eating in front of other people, there's often a lot of anxiety bubbling away. And I think, you know, when you're struggling with an eating disorder, often your anxiety can become much more pronounced. You know, if you're restricting your eating, if you're stuck in restriction, binging, purging cycles, you can constantly feel that your body is in that fight flight place and your anxiety tends to be higher anyway. So all these little kind of challenges around food can feel even more impactful. So I think there's a couple of issues to address here. So one of them is the eating a proper meal in terms of food choices. So I guess when we think about eating a proper meal, in inverted commas, we might think about sitting down at a table maybe eating a larger amount of food than we normally eat in a snack. We'd perhaps be eating on a plate. We might be eating with others. We might be having all the different food groups and kind of filling our plate with food. So it's like a kind of rounded proper meal. So I think there's more of the kind of food part, but the second part as well is the eating in front of others and fears around this. Now, very interestingly, this isn't something that I had huge amounts of knowledge on so I was doing a bit of researching um, before I was um, doing this podcast and there is actually a condition which I didn't realize that some of you may be aware of called de-hypnophobia so that's spelt d-e-i-p-n-o phobia de-hypnophobia which is a form of social anxiety disorder manifesting as the fear of eating in front of others. So if you're listening and you resonate, you may want to go and look this up because it seems as though it's like a whole additional kind of condition that, you know, you may be struggling with. And I guess if you have an eating disorder, it's very likely that you may have some anxiety around these issues anyway. But if it's really at a very pronounced level where anxiety is really, really paralyzing, maybe have this condition and it might be helpful to do a bit more research and read up on it. So before I launch into all of this as well, it can feel when we're sort of talking about sitting down and eating a proper meal, talking about it in a sort of zooming out way, in a very rational way, it can feel like a very simple thing to do. But I think for many people, there may be some really understandable underlying fears about why this is problematic. And it could even be related to underlying trauma, you know, things you know that have happened to you in the past. So I think again, it's important to be really curious and compassionate as you approach this whole area. And it might be something that you want to get support from a professional in working with. And particularly if, you know, different 
sort of you know memories or traumatic experiences come to the surface which may be kind of blocking you being able to kind of carry out and, and eat meals in the way that you want to so if you're struggling to eat a proper meal it can be extremely limiting and restricting to your everyday life so you might find that you can't join in socially with your friends and family and you might find as well that you aren't properly fueled through the day and this can mean that you need to constantly snack to keep your energy levels up and this can be quite inconvenient and not always practical you know if you're trying to do it around work or life etc and you might find that you end up missing eating occasions and then feeling physically and mentally depleted so it's not really great for your self-care and well-being and also if you're not eating sort of meals and fueling yourself it could mean that you get really over hungry and then you end up binge eating later on in the day and of course you know if you haven't been able to fuel yourself adequately through the day you're going to be really vulnerable to overeating or binge eating so i guess an initial exercise before you even think about changing these behaviors you know changing the fact that you might not be able to eat a proper meal have a go at really thinking about what are the positives of this behavior, what are the negatives? And anyone that listens to this podcast will know that I'm a great advocate of looking at pros and cons of different behaviors to really help you understand the function of them. Also to have compassion for yourself as to why you might be using certain things as a way of coping. Because when you look at this logically, you may feel that it's very obvious about why you want to change the behavior. You may kind of notice that you're getting over hungry by not having a proper meal. You may be really fed up with missing out socially. You may feel that it's really impacting your life, but also maybe for very good reasons, you know, it is a safety strategy not to eat a proper meal. Maybe you are avoiding things that you're really uncomfortable. So maybe there are some, and I'm saying this in inverted commas, positives of doing what you're doing at the moment. So this is always a really good exercise to explore your motivation around change and to help you understand yourself better and to have compassion for yourself. So really have a think about what are the positives of me not being able to sit down and eat a proper meal? What are the negatives? Because again, that will help you understand yourself much better. Now, firstly, let's explore issues around eating a proper meal, looking more at the food side of things. So looking at the barriers around perhaps the food you're eating, the quantity, sitting down and filling up your plate. So what you might want to do is explore some of the different thoughts that come up for you when you think about eating a proper meal. So what are the barriers? Do you recognize that you've got to have a lot of food rules in place that might be broken if you ate a full meal? So are you thinking things like, a full meal is too much or too many calories? I'm undeserving of eating this much food. You know, I'm greedy if I eat a full meal. I'll put on weight if I eat all of this. So those are just some examples, but it's really helpful for you to have a think about what specific thoughts come up for you when you think about eating a proper meal. And there's no judgment around this. Just write down whatever comes up for you. Now, once you've got a list of the different thoughts that come up for you around eating a proper meal, have a think about some of the roots or the possible roots of these thoughts. So how did you become to believe this in the first place? Are these messages that you've received from people around you? 
Has someone commented about your eating when you've had a meal before? Is it a diet culture message? Is it something to do with a wellness plan that you went on where it wasn't, you weren't allowed to eat proper meals? Have you had someone in your family that doesn't eat proper meals? So just have a reflect really. And because often we're sometimes holding on to an outdated message given to us as well by someone whose opinion now we wouldn't really hold in high regard. However, we're still clinging on to this. So what's really helpful is just to, if you can, try and think about why do I believe this? Where has it come from in the first place? So think of yourself as a bit of a detective. And um, again, you're just being curious and compassionate. You're just trying to understand yourself better. So once you have explored a little bit around the roots, what you can do is then take each individual thought and use some Socratic questioning from cognitive behavior therapy to just challenge some of these thoughts. And with Socratic questioning, it's about trying to look at your thoughts more objectively, more rationally. It's not just about trying to put a positive spin on things. It's just about trying to think about things in a different way and just to be open-minded really to the fact that your thoughts are not facts. Your thoughts often feel like facts because we, you probably attach a lot of emotion to them. They feel very true, but it doesn't mean that they're true. So different questions you can ask yourself. So you can ask yourself initially, does this thought fit the facts? What's the evidence for this? So if you're thinking about something like if your thought is um, eating a full meal is too many calories. So if you think about it, you know, does this thought fit the facts? You know, when you kind of stand back and you're kind of looking at what's a healthy intake for someone and really observing this much more through the scientific lens, you're probably being quite unfair to yourself and you're probably, um, there's probably not a lot of truth in what you are saying here. Thinking as well, is this always true? You know, do I always feel that it's um, too much to eat a proper meal? Um, or is it just in certain situations? And then again, you can just be curious, what situations do I feel this? And then you can start to sort of unravel it a bit more. Next question is, what does it mean to me? So if I channel down deeper and I ask myself, what does it mean to me? This can help you get to the root or the core belief of it. So if you're thinking, you know, if I eat so many calories, this is too much. And then you might say, well, what does that mean to me? And then you might say, well, I'm greedy and I'm overeating. And then you might say, well, what does that mean to me? And you might, it might, you might say, well, I don't feel good enough. You know, so it usually comes back beneath all the layers is not feeling good enough, feeling undeserving. Um, and these are, you know, often our core beliefs. But again, you can start to look at that much more objectively and think, actually, is this really a helpful way to think about things? Am I really not good enough? just for not eating, um, you know, for, for eating a proper meal. You know, you can start to sort of challenge that more as a scientist. Another great question is, what would I say to a friend? Okay, you're usually probably much more compassionate and understanding towards your friends than you would be to yourself. So I can imagine as well that if you were speaking to a friend, you'd say something like, it's really safe to eat a full proper meal. It's healthy to nourish and take care of your body. It's a valuable thing to give yourself all the different nutrients and food groups so that you can sustain your body and have energy and mental clarity, you know, all those good things. Another good question is, how would I like to think about this? 
I always love this question because I always think it brings hope and possibility. So you might think, well, I'd like to think that um, I have permission to eat a proper meal, that it's safe to eat a proper meal, that um, I'm deserving of eating a proper meal. You know, so, and, and this is a great exercise. When you start to do some of this thought challenging, you can really start to shift your thinking, okay? And sometimes as well, it does take time and quite a lot of repetition. You're probably not going to be able to just do this in one go and go off into the sunset and your thoughts are going to be changed, alas. It does take quite a lot of repetition and practice. And I like to say to clients, it's like building up your emotional muscles. But I kind of like that sort of analogy. I think it's um, you know great to think of it like that. It takes time. Another thing to do is to challenge your behavior around eating a proper meal with baby steps so if you're not eating any proper meals right now you might just think about what's the very first step to change this habit so it might even be the very first step might just be laying the table as though you were going to sit down for a proper meal setting a place you know and you might not even eat the meal the first time the next thing might be even to eat a snack off a dinner plate or something but sitting down again um And it might be just starting off with a very safe, proper meal. Maybe that you're cooking yourself, you know exactly what's in it. But again, can you see, it's just taking baby steps and you don't have to do the full-blown thing in the first go. You know, you can kind of build up to it in very, very gradual steps. So you can gradually step out of your comfort zone and um, can feel much more manageable. I think, again, don't knock the baby steps. Anyone, again, that listens to this podcast will always know that I say that we massively overestimate what we can achieve in the next two months, and we massively underestimate what we can achieve in the next year. So really go for the long game. Imagine if you were just doing a baby step towards changing this over the next year. You're going to be in such a different place. Okay, so let's move on to the second part of eating a full meal thinking about anxiety around eating around others. Now, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you can understandably be very sensitive about what other people might think about your eating. You might feel anxious, embarrassed, or ashamed for your eating habits. And eating a meal in front of others might bring intense feelings of panic. You may be anxious that people will ask questions about your eating, that they will put pressure on you to eat, or that you'll be judged for your behaviors around eating. And I think we often assume perhaps it's only underweight people who may struggle with this, but it's not unusual for people in all shapes and sizes, also all different bodies, and perhaps particularly as well sometimes people in larger bodies can experience intense anxiety around eating in public because they genuinely do face societal discrimination around appearance and behaviours, which could understandably contribute to their fears and anxiety. Um, I just think as well it's just such a awful thing to think as well isn't it that um you know that someone just because they're in a larger body as well you know might just feel just so much shame and scrutiny for eating certain foods and um you know i just feel so passionate about this as a society that we need to be addressing these issues so much more from a psychological and compassionate place anyway that's a whole nother topic also if you have experienced trauma you may be very sensitive and feel vulnerable around meal times Eating with someone can be quite an intimate experience and can trigger a sensory minefield for people recovering from physical or psychological abuse. The sights or sounds of a shared meal could rekindle memories that trigger panicky feelings. 
So I think it's why it's really important that if you recognize that this may be true for you, it probably is really important that when you're trying to make these changes that you do seek the support of a professional because of, um, you know, I think it's really important to be very kind and compassionate towards yourself. And um, you know, if there is underlying trauma or abuse in the background, and it could be really, really difficult when you um, start to make the sort of start to challenge these behaviors. So you can address your fears of eating with others in a similar way to addressing the food fears. Um, so again, it might be helpful to employ some self-soothing and nervous system calming methods just to support you in dealing with your fears. So with the fear of eating in front of others, again, think about where are the roots of this? You know, where is it rooted? Why do you think this has become so problematic for you? Now think about people commented. Is it about something that happened in your family, something that happened with friends or at school? You know, think about where are the roots of this? Um, and again, just really explore with compassion, you know, wh wh what the roots are and look at the roots as well as through your adult eyes because of sometimes again we could be holding on to memories from childhood that really you know you don't want to be holding on to anymore and actually you know you're holding on to someone's opinion or a comment that was from someone who you don't really value their opinion or you can look back now and realize that their values were very different from yours and they just didn't really get you at all then again, you can use the Socratic questioning and also behavioral experiments to gradually shift your thinking and also to take baby steps to changing your behavior and learning to tolerate new ways of coping. So again, you might have to do this very slowly and gradually and build up. And for example, if you're challenging a behavior, you may need to eat with someone else initially who is your safe and supportive person where there is trust and acceptance before you can even think about eating with larger numbers of people or eating in public. So it's about building things up really, really slowly and gradually. And using that Socratic questioning as well to think about, you know, things like, does the thought fit the facts? Is it always true? What's underneath this? You know, what does it mean to me? What would I say to a friend in this situation? And how would I like to think about this? I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have more to add, do go to Instagram and DM me at the eating disorder therapist underscore. I would love to hear more of your input. Thank you so much. Thank you as well to everyone who's left me a review recently. I massively, massively appreciate it. And it really helps the podcast reach more people. So I'm hugely grateful for that. And if you want more support with your relationship with food, do go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. Um, I do have quite a long waiting list for individual therapy. Um, so just to make people aware really before you contact me, you might be interested though in my online course. Um, that is like lots of short videos and lecture content, which will really give you an insight into how I work. There's 50% off there at the moment as well. So if you go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk, you can um, you know sort of sign up from my website for, through there, and um, it will really give you such a great introduction and um, a good sort of foundation um, for you know, to see if you, if my way is going to be the, my way, my approach, <laughs> I don't really have a way, um, it's going to be helpful for you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And um, I will be sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm -hmm.